You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. So welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. My name's Renee Jerusso, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest. But before I do, I'd like to say a big thank you to all our regular listeners and to all of our first time listeners. And a thank you to Edward Elston, who's been sending through some great feedback and comments on the podcast. As always, if you have any topics, questions, guests you'd like us to have on the show, please send them through to podcast at renegerusso.com. Before we jump in, the last few months I've been working with many teams and leaders across a plethora of industries. And one of the most common challenges that I've been seeing is leaders taking the time to bring more innovation into their roles. And a lot of the reason this isn't happening is because they're time poor, they're skill stretched at times, and they find it hard to find the time to challenge the status quo and tend to stick to what always has been done before. As I always say, let's focus on not now, but what's next and what makes you stand out in your business and a leader to be different and not just better. I can't think of anyone better to have on our, on our podcast today than the amazing Derek Oliver, who I'll introduce you to. So Derek is the global marketing director for the Jacobs Creek brand for Pinot Ricard. He's an accomplished consumer brand marketer and a successful dynamic leader of high-performing teams. He combines his leadership vision with functional expertise and has over 16 years experience building leading branding organisations, including P&G and Diageo in the UK. Derek has led the marketing transformation of one of the world's most admired wine brands through disruptive platforms and is recognised for his category-changing innovation. He's a highly respected and trusted peer and leader and his professional purpose is leadership that converts through to our performance by placing people and culture first. He's a champion of more marketers, women and people of diverse backgrounds and I had the pleasure of actually moderating a panel about 18 months ago with Derek and I loved his commitment to the business he's in, to leadership and his thoughts around what makes up a fantastic leader. For our listeners out there that might not be aware of Pinot Ricard, I'm sure you are when I mention some of the brands, they're the number two company worldwide in wines and spirits um, and possess some really prestigious brands including Mum, Absolute, Jacobs Creek, Jamison, Havana Club, Malibu, and many, many others. They employ close to 19,000 people through a decentralized organization with six brand companies and 86 market companies. So welcome, Derek, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Renee. Thanks for having me. As a leader, Derek, heading up a marketing team, I'd love your thoughts on how do you see marketing as an important part of your leadership brand and and that of others? Like, is it important? Oh, absolutely. Every company has a a marketing organisation. You know, the way I look at it is that, you know, consumers and audiences are are the same. And, you know, brands in itself are goods and services. They have the ability to impact people's lives, which similarly we do as people and leaders. So, you know, I think marketing, you know, not just the functional marketing day job that we do, 
also as a leader, you know, your, your team that you lead are very much, you can have an impact on their lives. Critical that you see them as very much similar to your day job as well. So, so yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, and I agree with that. And they, they really shouldn't be separate. They're integrated. Branding, as we know, is so important now. We've got so many social media platforms and I think a lot more visibility. What three things do you think leaders can do to project, I guess, a really authentic you know, and professional brand? It's probably threefold, Renee. I think first and foremost, you use the word there, which is uh, authentic. And I know it does sound cliche, but it's true. I've been marketing 18 years now and obviously worked across a, a number of different uh, large consumer goods companies. And, and you know, you, you come across a lot of different people, both within your teams, peers and senior leaders. And I think you do realise that at some point in your career, people who don't act with authenticity are, are found out. So being authentic is a cliche, but it's very true. And I think great leaders that really do deliver success, being authentic and, and being who they are is really important because that's what draws people to them. The second, I think the second point of any great leader is, a, is an excellent communicator, knowing your audience um, well and preparing for it. So, you know, that's on a, not just uh, standing up in front of a big audience and being able to communicate and being able to, um, you know, deliver your messages, but even on a daily basis, you know, with your team and with your peers and your stakeholders within your organization, you know, uh, you know, leaders very much deliver a message um, from strategy to to communicating uh, organisational values and cultural values. So, uh, absolutely a big believer in uh, excellent communication and understanding what really motivates and drives your audience. Uh, and lastly, just knowing your strengths. You know, everyone's different. How you leverage them and understand the value they contribute because that's what you bring to an organisation. That's what you bring to leading your people every day, and that's. You know, that's what people are drawn to and how you can uh, add real value. I, I love what you've said there. And I think you're right. Communication's key. And obviously listening comes into that and understanding other people's strengths and how to feed in and satisfy those strengths. Cause I think, you know, I'm sure you'd agree a lot of, a lot of leaders out there will say, you know, I know what, what, what motivates my team, but it's about helping satisfy that and driving that and leverage that to build a, you know, a strength-based team. Leadership's almost, I believe, a bit of a buzzword and, you know, it means different things to different people. Why is leadership important to you in what you do? First and foremost, leadership and management for me uh, is a, a very different thing. Uh, mm. And I always make that clear. And there's many books out there that you can read a theory of that thinking. But, you know, for me, leadership is a passion point. I mean, there's two points. I come back to your first question around you know, leadership and marketing. Yes, in marketing, you know, we want our brands to impact on people's lives, on consumers' lives in a positive way. Well, very much as a leader, um, you know, I want to do the same uh, with my team and people that I lead. So that is a, is a critical element um, because the impact that you can have in people's lives. And secondly, you know, if you're engaged with the business that you work in, the culture that you work for, in the day we have... Um, you know, objectives and KPIs and our job to really deliver success and add value to that organisation uh, and to continue building that organisation. Mm -hmm. And I think as a leader, successful leaders do do that. Uh, and I think that's why it's a real passion point of mine. And, you know, one of the things that drives me every day through my career is I've learned that through experience, good observation and, and intuition as well, that, you know, I've developed a very clear view and strong views on the key success enablers of what great leaders should possess. 
especially in consideration of what motivates and drives the emerging workforce. And what I mean by that is, you know, the younger generations coming through because each generation is different. Uh, and if you're going to have a positive impact on their lives, then, then you really need to understand that and be, uh, and be uh, empathetic to that. Yeah, and I, and I love that. I have a bit of a saying, Derek, people are colours, be a rainbow. So it's all about being open, being curious and adapting, which is important. And I love you, you had a bit of a quote here around engaging with different people and listen. There are so many amazing stories about, out there about careers, experience, decisions and challenges. This is all, you know, information that provides context for knowledge and decision making. That's all around what you've just talked about in bringing, bringing people's strengths and history and what lights them up, you know, into one. Absolutely, Renee. You know, I think, you know, one of the questions that you asked me previously was what can the audience really take out of it? And I said, everyone, everyone mm. is different. Just listening and taking on board. You know, I'm a big believer in listening. When you encounter people who have had different careers, they've all got their own experiences and their own decisions and choices that they've made. Someone who likes to process that information, that helps my knowledge building and decision making. And I think it's the same for anyone out there. And, and all I can say is that, you know, I'm a big believer in feedback, two-way feedback, you know, when it comes to leadership, not only providing feedback to your teams, but yeah. also taking on feedback, not just from your, your senior stakeholders or your peers, but also from your team as well. You know, I call it two-way mentoring, but two-way feedback, because my vote on feedback is you do always listen to feedback, but you don't always have to take on board that feedback and action because everyone's going to give you different feedback. As long as you listen and then process the elements of the feedback you believe in, how you want to action, then that's really the important point. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. And I think feedback's an interesting one. I loved how you just talked about getting feedback from your team for you as well, because that promotes that disclosure and it's not all one way. And I think too, taking bits and pieces on board to be the best version of yourself. And, and obviously, would you agree you take feedback on board more if you respect that person and there's a relationship and rapport there? Absolutely. You know, anytime someone has genuine feedback or you've got genuine feedback, it's a, it's, a, it's a very positive thing. The reason mm. why that you're either providing feedback or someone wants to give you feedback is it's about developing yourself, either in a professional sense or a personal sense. So, you know, as long as you take that with positive intent, again, be open-minded about the feedback. You'll get a lot of feedback, really action the ones that you believe, to your point, Renee, really going to drive who you are and make you a, a better, better professional or a better person. So... Yeah, no, and I love that. And I think the businesses that I work across, Derek, and I'm sure it's the same in where you are, ongoing feedback, it's a great way to catch people out doing things well. There's no surprises. Um, and really, it's a coach-centric conversation where you're asking questions and providing feedback. So you're not waiting till these, what I call events, which are performance reviews. There shouldn't be any surprises at those if, if, if the dialogue's open, you know, throughout the year. Renee Brown's got a fantastic sort of saying, and I saw her recently around companies, you know, obviously need to innovate, but, you know, there will be no failure without innovation and courage. Do you think, you know, vulnerability in where you're working right now has led to creativity? And do you have any, just a few examples that you can share with us? Your question around vulnerability leading to creativity is absolutely true. I think the starting point first is, you know, for the younger generations that you're leading and not only consumers, some level of fallibility, which goes against sort of old, older traditional styles of thinking that is, you know, and you need to be able to show a bit of that because that's something that then they can relate to. 
a good way of looking at things is always to look at the opposite uh, in terms of vulnerability, rigidity, and being a lack of open-mindedness, which in essence, if you're not very open-minded, you're going to have that lack of creativity. So the way I look at it is that, you know, if you take some of the great uh, visionaries of the world who have come up with amazing products, they've done so because they've they believed not only has there been a gap in the market, but there's been a, a human need or a consumer need. And I think vulnerability in itself is what's driving that consumer insight or that need and understanding that vulnerability whether it's a consumer or an employee is what enables a you know solutions mindset to, to problem solving you know I, i'm a big believer that that's absolutely true in, in, in today's world and you know for us in wine innovation is key if you understand the wine category a lot of the growth over recent times and will continue to be in the future comes from innovation and bringing new products to market so and and having a creative mindset is really important to doing that and you can't take a, a risk averse mindset to, to driving creativity and innovation you have to expect some level of failure so you know, we've introduced a lot of innovation to markets. We've had some very, very successful ones. And, you know, Jacob's Creek Double Barrel has probably been one of the most successful innovations uh, in the wine category over sort of the last five years. And I think a lot of that comes from failure uh, and learning from that failure. Yeah. And, and look, it does make sense, that term. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, failing forward, whatever you want to call it. But would you agree it's also creating the safe space, so to speak, you know, um, Google identified one of the traits of top performing teams is having what they call a safe space to be able to take risks and have psychological safety to, to speak up and share ideas. Would you say the culture in Pernod Ricard conveys that? Absolutely. You know, I think one of our key cultural values here is around mutual trust. One of our other elements is about entrepreneurial approach to doing things. And if you combine those two, uh, within the category that then we work in, in terms of wine and spirits, and a lot of the growth is from innovation and the need to innovate, we wouldn't be able to successfully deliver without a culture that allows people that safety to develop innovation and, and be to, creative. Yeah, definitely. You know, when we when we measure our success, both as individuals and as, a, as an organisation, yes, results and successful deliveries are important, but it's not just the end result. It's also how... When we, you know, when we lead our teams and evaluate uh, how we go about doing things, it's how we do it as well. If it's about collaboration, mutual trust, leading larger teams uh, and cross-functional teams and delivering it with creativity, you know, the how we do it is just as important as the end result. And, the, and hopefully how you do it will lead to greater end results as well. So that's absolutely that safe environment mm -hmm. that we're talking about. And I, and I love that. I'm a big believer. Give people the what, not the how. And it is about the people before process and progress and the journey of collaborating together and, and sharing ideas. On that note, what do you believe are the three key traits that make up success in leading a team? There's one key one, which is firstly, appreciate the importance. Appreciate the importance of understanding people. And that comes with now, the overarching theme is obviously having a, a high level of EQ, you know, EI uh, and self-awareness. And under that, the three key things would be appreciating the importance of understanding people because everyone is different and how you motivate and how everyone, uh, they have different styles. That's, that's critical. With that is empathy and openness to different people and their styles and preferences. And then to, to kind of finish that off is just trust in others, you know. So if you have a great level of self-awareness and understanding yourself, Part of that is appreciating others and their styles and preference and place trust uh, in other people. 
And I think they're the three great traits to, to be able to lead a team successfully. I love that. And trust is a big one. And I think trust is earned. And a bit like rapport, you can go in and out of trust. So it's making, making sure that that's layered. And it's not just how, you know, maybe as a leader, we see trust, but what trust means to others, which I think is really, really important. Speaking about trust, you know, I'm a big fan of coaching. You know, um, I think the best leaders I work with are a coaching resource almost. How do you ensure that there's coaching? Because I know you're quite a big fan of it too, that you're a coaching, you know, resource for your team. What enables that? For me, coaching is obviously an important thing of leading and managing teams. Two key parts is one, coaching, and then the second part is mentoring. So both being necessities, but offering you know, two different types of conversations and two different outputs. For both coaching and mentoring, it comes down to accessibility. But from a coaching perspective, which I, I think you know, when you're leading teams, you know, almost on-the-job coaching, daily coaching is really important. Um, and to be able to do that, you have to have accessibility to your team when and where they need it but also really conveying your experiences because, you know, end of the day, conveying your experiences is how people will learn both from a functional perspective on a daily basis, but also in how to interact with others and collaborate with others and, and understanding that part. So yeah, coaching is absolutely very important because you can help fast track their learning, but also help enable them to deliver greater success. And then for me, mentoring is a key one where, you know, any mentor-mentee relationship, that's beyond the daily job, really. I think mentoring is mm. helping someone navigate the challenges of their professional career and personal career and, and being open-minded and being able to have that conversation and being there support framework and guidance and also taking on board feedback the other way as well as a mentor. Yeah, definitely. And, and weaving them in, you know, and, you know, mentoring, you're right, and coaching are very different. A lot of, a lot of people get them confused and, you know, coaching at the end of the day to me is delegating thinking by asking great questions and empowering others to, to come up with their own solutions. And mentoring for those out there that are listening in is, is more about advice giving. It's more informing. And I think there's a place for both. And they really feed into each other beautifully. And it, it's great to hear that you're doing that and, and getting feedback the other way because you're creating future leaders, Derek. And if you're doing this, it'll cascade down, you know, which is important. Being a limitless leader, we need to have balance in our lives. And I know you do a lot of travel and you've got a really big role in a big team. What do you do to stay focused on you and I guess keep yourself energised? A lot of people will say this. This is probably one of the biggest challenges that I personally face is finding the time really is the key to focus on yourself sometimes, but really re-energising yourself. You know, there's so many competing priorities, both in a professional sense and a personal sense. It is a challenge and, you know, and it's really important that uh, uh, you do find that because I know when I... Um, if I have good physical well-being, it really does impact my mental well-being, particularly, you know, when I'm at work and having clarity of mind. Uh, you know, when I exercise in the morning, my mind just seems to function a lot better during the day. So uh, I understand that. It's sometimes hard to get motivated to, to, <laughs> to you know, to exercise, to basically you know, keep your physical well-being important. So, you know, one of the key things to do, I, I'm lucky, I, I love competitive sport. So I love watching sport but which also uh, motivates me to then go out and have a run and, and, and play some competitive sports. So for me, I know competitive sports helps my physical well-being, which then helps me perform better, to be honest, uh, in all aspects of my life, uh, particularly where I need to apply my mind. 
Definitely. And it's that, you know, what's that saying? If your cup's not full, how can you be in service to yourself and others and the organisation? And it's great that you do that and you've got some passions around that because, you know, some people can't answer that. They actually say, Renee, I, I don't know what I do and anything they mention is work-related. So for our listeners out there, self-care is not selfish and you've got to take the hat off around you can't be in service to others if you're not in service to yourself. So Derek, favourite word. We've got a quick bit of trivia here and I know we could talk all day. You've got so many amazing insights. What's your favourite word or quote? Favourite word or quote? Well, I'll, I'll give you three things, Renee, and I'll try and keep them short and punchy. Firstly, I've got a favourite acronym, what I call TDA. So I won't take uh, ownership of it because I, obviously I'll pick that up from somewhere, but <laughs> think, decide, act. You know, I, and again, I do, I do reiterate this to my team, you know, when we're having team days and so forth around the ways that we want, ways that we want to work and, and, and lead projects and so forth. And what I mean by think, decide, act, I'm a big believer that if I spend appropriate time getting the thinking right up front, then you'll make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you'll have a better chance of success when you're acting on them. So that's think, decide, act means. My favourite quote would probably be one I heard around, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That's an old saying from a Roman philosopher or something. I'm not big into Roman philosophy or anything like that, but I, I think that is a great quote around preparation and then when opportunities pop up and then my favorite word to answer your question is is context that may sound a bit boring but I'm a I use that word often particularly because I like to clarify things so it's my caveat word it's a prelude to a lot of questions that I ask because you know I think context to everything is important it helps provide understanding it gives meaning to things so um, context is probably my favorite word and one of the words I use most often yeah and so so important with everything's so fast paced it's very easy to get in our own head and think about something go to share it with the team and expect that they're at the same level of understanding as to what we're talking about i I love those and i think that think decide and act comes into like you said preparation and planning they're all interrelated so yeah absolutely love that what's a sound or noise that you love um funny when you you asked me to think of this one renee because I don't have the best mind when it comes to thinking of these type of things, but I gave it a thought and, you know, I think it's, it's a bit of a weird one as well. It's that, you know, you know, at music events, um, mm-hmm. especially acoustic sessions, you know, that sound of that moment when the crowd recognises the song. You know, sometimes with certain songs, it's literally like one or two notes in or one or two seconds in. Others might take, you know, five or six seconds that moment of the crowd, you know, that everyone everyone knows that noise when the crowd recognises the song, the, the either the euphoria or the clapping or the sense of, um, it's a sense of that moment, not because it's just a, a popular song normally, but because the positive, happy energy that mm. that brings. Um, because for everyone in that audience, you know, and when I hear my favourite songs, I'm the same. When that song comes on, it always triggers a life moment. It always brings you back to somewhere that you remember hearing that song you know, some, at some point in your life. You know, and it brings a very positive energy to everyone in that audience. So that's probably my favourite uh, sound or noise. I love that. That's anchoring, Derek. So it's like um, if, you, if you, yeah, like you said, you hear a song, it takes you back to a place or a person. You smell a perfume, it takes you back to, you know, maybe a different country you're with or foods. And I think my last question to you is how do you anchor 
great and celebrate success in your team to, to really help get through the tough times that can sometimes, you know, the team can face. I'm a big believer in celebrating success and sometimes all of us can, you know, uh, forget that a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, positive affirmation is something that really stimulates human behaviour. And when you're leading a culture of, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, and Pernod Ricard, obviously, you know, conviviality is one of our big sort of, you know, mission statements. And myself, I'm a big believer in and having fun uh, and having that, uh, keeping that high energy, but also, you know, a high performance culture within the team. So, you know, being empowered, but also being very uh, accountable as well. So along with that, you know, I think you have to stimulate some of those positive moments, especially if you're having a high performing culture that you should recognize success because what's going to continue to motivate, inspire and stimulate people to, to continue to do a fantastic job, really engage with the team and the business, demonstrate the right behaviors and values and, and then ultimately deliver success. So, you know, we, we do have shared celebratory success moments when there's great results and, and yeah, that can be, you know, team days or team events, awards ceremonies, but also little things. When someone does something well, it's okay to give them a positive reinforcement whenever that might be, even if it's in a corridor or a passing comment in a meeting mm. can be quite profound. Oh, definitely. And I, th I love that. I think recognition's underrated. Recognition is free, you know, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a night out at a dinner or something. It can be a pat on the back. It can be, you know, how did you do that? Share that with the team. So they're getting recognition and sharing best practice as well. Derek, thanks so much for today. I, I honestly, I think I could sit here all day and chat to you. There's so many great insights in there. So any last words before we sign off? Thanks for having me. You know, I encourage everyone to go out there and um, pick up a bottle of Jacob's Creek at some point if they enjoyed <laughs> what they heard. But um, I had to get the plug in there somewhere. But um, no, thanks for the opportunity, Renee, and, I'll, um, uh, and thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you. And thanks, Derek. Really, really appreciate you having on the podcast. And I'm sure though the listeners out there, there's some key nuggets there. We'll have some, some of the key takeouts in our show notes. And for those of you out there listening, keep your eye out on social media for our Limitless Leaders Lunch and Learns that we're running at some of the Waterman Business Centres in Melbourne and obviously some public programs that we've got coming up. As always, please send through any topics, ideas, questions, or if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast. And we really look forward to serving you, your organisation and your team. Thanks again, Derek. Thanks, Renee. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organisations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 